0: Welcome along to Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ, brought to you by Kubota, Kubota's in stock catalogue is out now and she's team naming Thursday with the All Blacks and Argentina both naming their sides for this weekend's semi-finals featuring a couple changes to both teams which we'll run through shortly in the news. South Africa and England, they look set to follow overnight as well ahead of their game on Sunday morning, one that I have a sneaky suspicion could be a lot closer than some people are predicting, I do think the box will get the win there but there's just something about finals footy and England which seems to gel so well. So on today's show, as we continue to build up to this weekend's semi-finals, we'll have a look at the latest news from around the World Cup. Following that, lucky enough to be joined by former All Black and Chiefs legend and current Auckland NPC assistant coach Stephen Bates to get his thoughts on the quarterfinals and also what he makes of this weekend's semi-finals as well. Then, as always is the case, following team name a few of the All Blacks fronted media post that announcement, so we'll dive into the All Blacks camp and some audio from that, discuss a few of the main talking points, so there's plenty to get through over the next hour. As always, I'm always keen to hear from you as well throughout the show maybe your reaction to the two teams that have been named, are you happy with this All Black side? Would you have gone with Leicester or Mark Talia on the wing? That seems to be the selection which has everyone talking. Do you think England or Argentina could pull off the Upset, or are you backing the two favourites to advance to the big dance? Text through to 8833 at any time to be. In- to have your thoughts included on the show. Right let's kick things off with the news though, we'll start with something I actually forgot to mention on yesterday's show but it was announced that Kiwi Ben O'Keefe and Australian Angus Gardner will be the referees for this weekend's semi-finals and of course O'Keefe, he's someone that's certainly got the people talking at the moment over in France, he's come under some criticism from French captain Anton Dupont post that loss to South Africa and he caught up with Andrew Gordy from News Hub to share a little light on that situation. So here he is talking about his performance on the weekend and the comments that were made post-game by Dupont.
1: Obviously, the hosts weren't too thrilled to get knocked out, and there were some interesting words from Antoine Dupont after the game. For you, have you, have you spoken to him afterwards? Have you sort of cleared the air or anything like that?
2: No, no. Like, um, like I think it's you know space for the players and the teams. You know, it's obviously a very emotional time, and you know I just try and um, respect that and keep a space. And look, I think um, players, coaches, you know, they're going to say things um, whether you win whether you lose. Um, I know that we're never perfect as referees. Um, I definitely, you know, you make errors in the game. Um, but I think, you know, comments that players can make, they can they can do that after the game. And it's kind of in the heat of the battle, you know, things are said. So, um, look, I'm, I'm sure everything's fine. We'll, um, you know, we've, we've done my review and we'll reach out and, um, you know, be able to get things back on track as well. Um, but I understand, obviously, the sentiments after the, after a big match like that.
0: Like I mentioned, he's certainly copped plenty of criticism. In a follow-up question, O'Keefe was asked on if his social media inbox has been blowing up with messages from angry French fans post-game. Yeah,
2: how's your inbox? Oh, yes, yeah, full. Like it's full, <laughs> and I understand. I actually understand a lot of the French, so it kind of doesn't help it either. But um, it's part and parcel. Um, I've got to do my review with my boys, and um, yeah, we we did that pretty pretty thoroughly, and we'll learn from the things we obviously. Um, uh, need to work on but also you know take, take stock of the, the really good things he did in the game as well.
0: Yeah interesting point there from Ben O'Keefe and you've got to realise these guys are just human as well so I really don't rate it when people get into their DMs. I did notice during the game, mentioned he speaks a bit of French, <laughs> sorry he was speaking to the French front row so that's good banter from him as well and probably a handy skill for him to have especially at this time in the tournament. Jumping across to Argentina and they've named their side for the big semi-final on Saturday morning. Just the one change with Thomas Cubelli dropping out of Michael Checker's team. A pretty settled lineup again though no Pablo Matera for them which is probably a name many, of Kiwi, many Kiwi fans were looking out for but still a really strong side that of course pulled off that impressive upset win against Wales over the weekend. The All Blacks team to name Argentina was also named like I mentioned before, left wing Mark Talia. He returns to the start. 15 in place of Lester Whanganuku who drops out of the 23 altogether which is probably a bit harsh but you're either starting in that 11 jersey or you don't make the bench that appears to be the pattern at the moment Sam Whitelock he comes in to partner Scotty Barrett in the second row in place of Brody Retallick who moves on to the bench and then we see Tauki Ahu come on to the bench as well in place of Dane Coles we'll hear from Ian Foster more on these selections later in the show he had some interesting points raised around each of them so stay tuned for that that. Next up, ex-England player James Haskell has insisted it's disrespectful to rule out the Red Roses against South Africa this weekend. The Springboks, they pose a formidable challenge for Steve Borthwick's side after they knocked out the hosts in France. But speaking on The Good, The Bad and the Rugby podcast, Haskell had this to say.
3: A couple of decisions go a different way the other team wins.
0: But are England be I,
3: close I, enough, do you think? I, I, look, I so think, it it, I think I, it's actually, you know, we we, we joked, and we haven't really, you know, we always play around and try to do it with tongue-in-cheek. I think it's very disrespectful to this England side not, not, not to give them a chance. I think there are some unbelievable players, some fantastic coaches, some guys who work very hard and actually, they've got on with their business. Maybe it hasn't been the, the most attractive rugby, but it doesn't really matter. But I think, you know, we're now in a semi-final. What's gone before is irrelevant. Uh, I think with a set of players who have won in clutch games... Bear in mind, you said there's 12 players you played in the you know the, the final or uh, in that squad. You okay, got you yeah, got Heine, didn't win that game, you got no, no, winners. You got, got a couple, nation no, but winners. but what I mean is you've got, got guys who experience. Winners, you've okay. got experience of pressure. Who've had that taste. That know how to to see that and actually do England have a game plan that could um, tick away points and strangle a team. Three six nine. Three six nine. Yes, they do, and I think they do, and that's, that's the, the difference. Or as Has said yes, three six eight. Three six nine. <laughs>
0: Yeah I tend to agree obviously South Africa go in heavy favourites and deservedly so but when it comes to playing 10 man rugby no one does it better than the English at the moment they've got a physical forward pack strong at set piece and a good kicking game so if the Springboks revert back to that rugby that we saw prior to the France clash then maybe just maybe the English could well get up for this one and then finally the 2023 Rugby World Cup is now officially the booziest on record with beer consumption records being shattered by fans the chairman of the France 2023 has revealed that the tournament has broken new ground with Ireland's pool game against South Africa at Stade de France, the thirstiest game in Rugby World Cup history. He's gone on to say they served 130,000 pints at that game, whereas the record prior to that was 90,000. He reckons the high temperatures in September and October have contributed to that as well, but it's fair to say the Irish fans, they certainly weren't shy of a cold one and good on them too. Now, time for your breakout performer, brought to you by Breakout River Meets, 100% Australian meat and proudly supporting rugby union. The player I've highlighted tonight is Courtney Laws from England. Here's a highlight of his try against Japan
1: 12 out from the Japanese line. Mitchell got there quickly enough for Torche now. 15 in from the right hand touch, 15 out from the Japanese try line. Mahler's knocked the ball on. Play on is the call, is it? Everyone has stopped. There was no whistle from referee Amashu Kelly. Courtney Laws has essentially forced the ball under the bar. And what's happened there, he's gone to grab it. It's gone straight over the
0: arms,
4: straight into Mahler's head. It's gone backwards though, Laws it? has picked it up. Everyone has stopped. This is going to be a try. Everyone stopped.
0: Yeah, nothing quite like a trier for Falcon but fair to say Courtney Laws, he's an impressive footballer, he is on the older side 34 years of age but 2 metres tall, almost 120kgs, he's a bruising forward that has the ability to play both lock and six, he really stood up against Fiji, I thought he was the best player in that game by a mile and he played a massive part in nullifying the effect of those Fijian stars at breakdown time, he's a skillful bloke, physical, great line out option, strong ball carrier and if England are to trip up the box you have to think Laws's name will be right all over this performance. If you had to pick a World 15 for me, he's probably the one English player that makes it as well. So, Courtney Laws, he is your breakout performer tonight, brought to you by Breakout River Meets, proud supporters of local independent butchers and the Rugby World Cup. Right, time now for a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by former All Black, Chiefs legend, and Auckland assistant coach, Stephen Bates. Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now and it brings me great pleasure to welcome into the show former All Black and Chiefs legend, now Auckland assistant coach Stephen Bates. Batesy, cheers for joining us mate. Obviously there's two big semi-finals this weekend which I'm keen to get your opinion on but first I wanted to take a look back at those four quarter-finals because it would be hard to find a better weekend of Test footy, wouldn't it? Like what an advertisement for the game.
4: Definitely, and I think I think a few people, a few mates of mine, have said to me it's brought my faith back in rugby. Yeah. Um, it was certainly worth the watching. Those and those, those uh, the eight o'clock games. How good are they? The ones before that, they're a little bit, a little bit tough to get up for. But how good are the eight o'clock games? Give you an excuse to get up and watch rugby. It's great.
0: Oh, absolutely. Nothing quite like a champagne brekkie at eight a.m. to kickstart <laughs> your day. But obviously, the All Blacks got the win, sending home the number one ranked and highly favoured Irish side as well. What aspects of that performance? from New Zealand really stood out and impressed you the most. There were plenty of them.
4: Yeah, I know that it's been a lot of talk around the defensive effort and stuff like that, but I actually thought the Ford effort was outstanding. Mm. I, I really did. And I know there's been a little bit made around the uh, around the scrum and how we uh, we were able to get a few penalties on that. But you look at our line-out and also our defensive line-out, I thought we were able to choke them... Um, and uh, and our defensive line out, and I thought, and I also include the breakdown area because the forwards had more breakdowns than than anyone else. I thought both sides of the ball, attacking and defensive breakdown, and you could tell that the All Blacks had decided right. We need to go hard at the breakdown to try and either a slow their ball down. Or disrupt their ball so they can't go phase after phase after phase after phase like they like to do, even though I contradict myself and say they went 30-odd in the last play of the game.
0: No, they certainly did and it made for a nervous finish, didn't it? But as a loose forward yourself, you must have loved the performance you saw from San Kane and Savi You mentioned the breakdown there. They were both at the top of their game defensively and at ruck time. They're a heck of a duo, aren't they? When they're both on, their games really complement each other well. They kind of hunt in a pack.
4: Yeah, they do, and I suppose, you know, for, for old people like me, you think about, um, like, uh, Phil War and uh, and George Smith used mm-hmm. to do it for the Wallabies, and um, Pocock used to do it with Hooper and the Wallabies, so it's a, a similar sort of thing um, that they've got going on, but it was certainly an area of the game where both of them, they really had a uh, had a real jackal focus. One would chop, the other would jackal, and oh, no, I don't have the stats in front of me, but they got some real pay out of it.
0: Yeah they certainly did, you mentioned before as well the All Blacks at set piece time, both scrum and line out were outstanding, I see Joe Schmidt as always, he's been getting a lot of good press obviously because he's come in and had a massive impact but how big of a hand do you think Jason Ryan's had in kind of turning this All Black forward pack around, like, you could tell straight away they weren't backing down to this Irish pack who coming in were very highly favoured.
4: Yeah, yeah, certainly. And and I, I get without being in the camp, it's hard to actually know exactly mm-hmm. what um what he brings to the to the team. But yeah, the the Ford the Ford display was uh was outstanding on the weekend. I like also when he talks um, to the media, see him interviewed, he's a pretty sort of sh- um, straight shooter, so I'd imagine, he, uh, I'd imagine he acts like that with his players as well, so, um, you know, a great effort from, from the forward pack, and also, you know, complimented well by, uh, by the backs in, the, in a couple of tries that, that they scored, but uh, they were able to choke Ireland in certain areas of the game.
0: Geordie Barrett was one of those backs that I thought really impressed. Have you ever seen a second five pull off one of the great Maul defensive plays like that?
4: <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't want to downplay it, but I reckon if he if he did that ten more times, he wouldn't he wouldn't hold him up once. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he did it, yeah, like, well, let's just celebrate and say he practiced it and he knew what he's doing. But yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he could do it again. But hey, he did it once, and and that's all he needed in the game. So yeah got a great effort because, uh, because I think 72nd minute in that was if they went in there oh the game would have changed you know All Blacks
0: would have had to chase the game. 100% and on reflection hindsight's a great thing but Ireland multiple times throughout that game probably turned down opportunities to take the three where in the past aside like them they would point to the sticks with a sharp shooter like Sexton do you think they kind of regret those decisions especially kicking the ball out to go to line out we were all over them at line out time
4: yeah and and hindsight 's a wonderful thing like mm. you, like you 've just said and and the only thing I can say to that is is you 've got to back what the players see and what the players feel on the park you know and and sometimes it's it 's easy to say what well, they got that wrong they got that wrong. Well we do know is that sixth and also missed a very easy penalty mm. there as well um, and you know the thing is if they had and we saw how dangerous their their driving more was if they if they could get that going a little bit earlier. Well, who knows? So you know, I I don't know. Like it's very easy to say here, and they should have done this. They should have done this. But you know, as you've mentioned, mate, hindsight's wonderful, and, and they didn't have the benefit of hindsight um, when they were making decisions. And, and as a as a team, as a coach, as a as a player, you've got to back what the players are feeling to a certain degree.
0: Another team that might be ruining a few decisions is the home side the French and luckily for them they don't have far to go but the Springboks knocked them out of this World Cup. Did you expect this? Did you see this coming? Because for me I thought the Springboks, especially in the first 40 played a very different brand of rugby to what we've seen lately. They went toe for toe with the French with a bit of razzle dazzle and then in the end they were too good and shut the game down.
4: Yeah, I'm certainly not going to say, "Oh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. I knew South Africa were going to knock them out." Um, but what I what I do know is that South Africa. Uh, a very very good um, playoff rugby side. You know they they know what it takes to get the job done. And um, and before the game, I, I I thought that France would probably win, but it doesn't surprise me at all um, at all that the South Africans got over. And you saw them at the end of the game; they were almost like, um, you yeah, know, we expected that. You know, that's that's how we thought it would would. Um, would go, but in saying that too, you know, like, um, there's a few massive moments in that game where bit um, uh, stops that try, and it would have been 14 or at least 12 nil to France, you know, and a big momentum change, so, you know, South Africa did get the job done, and well done to them, but it could have easily gone the other way, um, just like the Irish or Black game.
0: Argentina proved too good for Wales and they advanced through to that first semi this weekend and for me Argentina they've been a side that's kind of improved steadily throughout the tournament but like you alluded to earlier watching that game back you couldn't help but feel that it was a bit of a step down compared to the All Blacks and the Springboks performances do you think they can rise to the occasion on Saturday morning and trouble the All Blacks they have a few times in the past they'll be encouraged by that won't they?
4: Yeah, and a real gritty performance too. You know they had to come from behind, so they went through a little bit of adversity, showed a little bit of character. But what I would say about both the sort of the Argentine game and the All Black game, it was it was quite an emotional game, both of them. Like you look at after the game, you look at the reaction. I know there's one doing the rounds of Anton Leonard Brown, and you look at the you look at the Argentine reaction after the game from their players. Both of those games are really emotional games and they put a lot into it. And, and sometimes those games, when, when they're so emotional and you've thrown everything at it, can be really hard to get back up the next week because it is quite draining. So it'll be interesting for me you know, to see which side can probably handle that the best because um, both, both, uh, both New Zealand and also Argentina, both their wins were quite emotional.
0: Yeah, they certainly were, and that was actually going to be my next question to you because obviously you've played at the highest level. You're coaching now mentally. How hard is it to kind of reset, like a, from a win like that, get the lads back up, and how much do you have to factor that into your prep during the week? Because it's a semi-final, but in a way, it feels like the semi was last week. But and, and I'll
4: put I'll put my coach's head on here, mate. It's the hardest thing to do. Mm. It really is the hardest thing to do, especially as a coach, because to a certain degree, you don't really have any control over that. You—it's very hard for you to control other people's emotions, and, and you know, and, and how they feel, and the going into it. So you can do the same prep, you can do the same things of last week, but. Um, but um, the players' emotions are the players' emotions, so really, you know, you just got to have trust in your group and, uh, and hope that your, your group um, is up to that level and try and give them a prod and, and a poke in, in different little places. But it is, as a coach, it is, this, in my opinion, is the single most hardest thing to do is to get that emotion back up where it needs to be week in, week out.
0: A couple of changes for the All Blacks this week, just the two in fact to the starting 15 but I guess the one that's kind of grabbed headlines today is the return of Mark Talia starting on the wing over Leicester Whaingaanoku. Everyone seems to have a different opinion on who should be starting. Obviously you applied your trade in the pack so maybe wingers aren't your area of specialty but were you surprised to see they went with Mark over Leicester or do you think Mark's going to earn that starting sport, spot sorry, due to his body of work over the duration of the season?
4: Well, Mark's been in outstanding form pretty much all year and, and also for the All Blacks as well. has has been really in really, really good form. And I don't know the details of what he did. Apparently, it was pretty minor. Um, and I guess they're um, just going back to status quo, I can imagine. But in saying that, what Leicester does give you is he does give you a big body. Mm. He really does. Um, and I wonder, and, and again, I don't know, um, but I do wonder if they've gone um, for Mark... Um, defensively he's um probably a little bit sounder on the wing there um, but Leicester does give you does give you a really big body to get over the game line with so um, they've obviously decided that they want to go this way for a reason um, and that's the way they've done it and, and there'll be a reason why Brodie and Sam have, have swapped out as well, I'm not sure what the reason is but I'll, I'm sure they know exactly what they're doing.
0: Yeah I was going to ask about that, Brodie and Sam swapping and then Coles missing out, do you think that's more just potentially a bit of time off the legs, There's, there was a physical game on the weekend there are a couple of older bodies
4: yeah, it could be. Well, we'll go with Brodie. It could be, you know, an older body, and Sam gets in there uh, and has a has an opportunity as well. And um, and Scott Barrett, who's a bit younger, you know, he just get the young fella to just keep rolling. Um, so that, that could be. It could be as simple as that. You've got to remember too, it's a six day turnaround, and people think that oh, well, it's six and seven. There is a big difference between a six day turnaround and a seven day turnaround in your preparation. There really is. So you know, um, as an older body, it takes you little bit to recover and you've got a guy who's played, what, 150 plus tests, so he gets his chance and and maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe with maybe, maybe they're looking forward and and I know they wouldn't admit this, but maybe they're looking forward to if they do get through this weekend and South Africa do get through this weekend Mm. maybe they're looking for a bigger body to play against South Africa I know they wouldn't admit that, there might be other reasons but that's just something to throw out there
0: No, it's certainly a very logical choice as well. We'll we'll get on that South Africa game now because England, they bet Fiji to advance in through to the other semi and I thought for 50 minutes of that game they probably look the best they have all tournament but it's fair to say the way they're playing probably won't capture the hearts of mutual fans. They have a physical forward pack (laughs) and a good kicking game which is actually really well suited for finals footy so I guess what I'm getting at here is do you think they could push the Springbok side or do you agree with the popular consensus that South Africa will be too good and advance through to the final
4: well i probably agree with the popular census but and saying that and saying that new zealand are not meant to be in the semi-finals and nor uh, south africa mm. you know what i mean so um so you know sometimes um new zealand should be arriving home today or the all blacks should be arriving home today or yeah. yesterday or something like that you know what i mean so um in your heart of hearts, did, did I want the All Blacks to win on the weekend? Yes, I did. Did I believe they would? Uh, if I had to put the house on it, I probably wouldn't have. You know, so um, so just like the All Blacks can beat um, beat the, the Irish, um, I think that South Africa will win, but, you know, England are a chance, you know, and, and they do play a very sort of simple, and you could play, you could say a potentially a little bit boring game, mm-hmm. but in, in saying that, you know, you get a couple of things go your way, you Kick your goals, you kick your drop goals. You can apply pressure to South Africa in different areas like the lineout, which is a tough ask. But anything can sort of happen, you know. It's um, uh, it's uh, sometimes there's just small moments in a game that go with you or go against you, and they have uh, they have really big outcomes. So I wouldn't write them off completely. Although I, I would, if I had to put money on it, I'd be going for South Africa.
0: Nah, a great call, and I tend to agree. Well, cheers for your time, Batesy. Hope you have a safe commute home in that Auckland traffic. Enjoy the semi-final action this weekend, and hopefully another big All Blacks win. Exactly,
4: exactly. Let's hope for that,
0: eh? Legend. Cheers, mate.
4: No worries. Bye.
0: Right, the great Stephen Bates joining us there. She's just almost six thirty two now, so we'll throw to the news with Johnny Mack and when we return it's time to dive into the All Blacks camp in here from Ian Foster, Sam Kane, Bowden Barrett, and Aaron Smith here on S E N Z. Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ with Surly. Brought to you by Kubota, Kubota's in stock catalogue is out now. And of course the All Blacks team was named this morning and as is always when a team is named a handful of All Blacks front a press conference to face questions in the build up towards this weekend's game and today was no different, we had Ian Foster, Sam Kane, Bowden Barrett and Aaron Smith so let's jump into a few audio clips now and hear what they have to say. The first question that was put to Ian Foster was around the biggest talk talking point to come out of that team naming and that was the decision to bring in Mark Talia into the starting lineup. so here's Ian Foster basing basically what that decision was off and have we seen enough from Leicester or is this just a preference to start with Mark?
5: I know it's just that that's the team we think's best for this week. Mark's um, he's done his time and like I said at the time it's um, you know he'd made a mistake he accepted what what was happening, and but you don't linger in that space. And he, he's been, you know, a form winger through this tournament for us, and we really got a lot of faith in him and believe he's in a good place to, to play this game. We I really enjoyed Leicester's game, and I thought he did a lot of what we asked him to do last week, and he should be proud of that. And it's a tough selection, but um, just think chance for us to get Mark back on the park and um, I know he's excited.
0: Yeah tough one for Leicester to swallow probably. He had a great game on the weekend. Ian Foster though has shown throughout his time that he is incredibly loyal to his players and you'd have to think maybe throughout the duration of the season, much like Stephen Bates said, Mark Talia's had an incredibly strong year. Doesn't seem like what he did last week was enough to keep him out of the side again. So it's hard to argue either way really. We're so spoilt for choice on that left wing position. Of course there are a couple other changes made to the team, namely Whitelock gets the start for Brody who moves Moves to the bench, and then Tauki Aho was in for Coles. Ian Foster was asked if he was tempted to tinker more with the side in order to manage the workload of some of his players.
5: Uh, look, selection's always tough, and in the balance of continuity, combinations, and at this stage of the tournament, you know, where, where there's kind of no tomorrow. And so uh, for us, um, we've basically effectively trusted the combinations we had with had last week, we've we've switched obviously Sam and, and Brody around. I think we've got we've said it we're we've got a lot of faith in all four of our locks, but particularly those three, you know, are very very experienced, and we just feel that um, having Sam start bring a little bit of extra energy into that pack early. We've got Brody coming off the bench, um, Sam in for Colsey is a very similar story, you know I think that. Um, a lot of faith in all three of our hookers I thought Colsey did a great job at, with you know, at holding, holding the composure of the team in the last part Sonny's gonna, Sonny's you know, got a lot of pent up energy and he's ready to go so we're just using a little bit of the energy of the squad at, at this stage because we feel we can without compromising the group and like I said earlier Mark's proven himself for us this tournament and we believe it's right to put him in so get the changes to a minimum but I think they're, they're important
0: so Ian Foster there talking on the changes, of course just the one made to the bench which unfortunately means still no Cam Royguard I'm a big Royguard fan, I wouldn't have mind seeing him come him come into this team. You get the opinion now that maybe we won't see him again at this World Cup. It looks like Finlay Christie has nudged ahead of him there. The next question that was poised to Fozzie was that the All Blacks went into the Island game as underdogs, now they go into this game as heavy favourites. How does that sit with him and where does he expect Argentina to look to make this game hard for his side.
5: Firstly, uh, you've never heard us say we're favourites. So that's your language, if, if that is indeed your language. Um, we're, we're in a World Cup semi-final. We know that these games are a do or die, they're finals, and whoever's got to this stage has done that because they've they've beat some really good teams and played really, really well, and that's how we're treating this game. And so we know we're going to have to be um, we've got have to improve our performance because the stage gets bigger and bigger at this time of the tournament and you've got to grow your game and that's our strong focus and the fact is is that we we know that and we said it before the Irish game and is that it's the best team on the night that wins it and we know Argentina has done that to us so we we don't we're not buying into anything about favoritism or Underdogs or whatever it is, it doesn't make any difference to us. We, we know we have to perform at our best and that's the only way we're approaching this game.
0: Yeah, so clearly no complacency sneaking into Ian Foster's thoughts there. The next question that was put to him is how confident is he that his team didn't play their final last week against Ireland? Can they lift and go again this week?
5: Well, we had to play a final last week, to be fair. I think what you are seeing now, in, in, you know, with with the, with the teams that are in the, the top 8 teams in this tournament is every game was like that wasn't it It was a fantastic weekend for every game every team got pushed to the edge and and so it's probably a reflection of, of where world rugby's at now that you actually have to go you have to go bone deep in everything you do now just to get to where you get to where we've got so it's not a matter of trying to hold anything back it's a matter of actually just treasuring the moment and treasuring each week and and the beautiful thing about this is that you've just got to go, you've got to give it everything every week, and there's just no tomorrow in it. And that's how we approached last week. It's how we're going to approach this week. Um, very simple formula. And and not worry about, well, can we do what we did last week? Well, that's different. I mean, Argentina are a very, very different team. And, and you know, they, they play a different way. They... Um, and we've got massive respect for them. We know the breakdown's going to be exactly the, the sort of battle that we had against them in the last two or three years. That's tough. They've got some backs that really want to play and open you up, and we've just got to be at our best. And so we try like to keep things really simple, not worrying about can we do it again, but just can we, do, can we meet this challenge this week the way at the standards we want to, and that's our approach.
0: Yeah and like Ian Foster mentioned there, if you do lose there is no tomorrow so surely motivation is high. Skipper Sam Kane was reminded as well of what happened to the side in 2019 which no doubt will be playing in the back of the boys' minds. Of course we got upset by England in the semi-final so how confident is Sam Kane that that won't happen to the All Blacks again this week?
6: Well, look, we probably won't know for sure until we uh, get to the game to be honest. Uh, but look we... There's plenty of us who have that hurt and some scars from 2019. And um, I think Colsey spoke to you guys earlier in the week, and we had that chat as a group. Like, there's two very different Mondays we can turn up for next week, and and one of them is horrible. So, um, and some of us have experienced that. So, we know that the game just being in the weekend is no indication of how we're going to play the following week. Like, it's going to come down to the work we put in and the, the, the ability for us to turn up mentally right on edge and, and be better than before. So, um, yeah, we're, we're just extremely driven to do that. Uh, and we're excited by the challenges. It's, um, you feel we're in a good spot, but um, we've got to go
0: again. In this next audio I just had to chuck in there. Coach Ian Foster, he was asked by a South African journalist for his opinion on the thought that the Springboks are playing boring rugby. It certainly rattled Fozzie a little so here's his answer which he wanted to make very clear. He even doubled down on it, I guess with the thought that maybe we could take on the Springboks next week.
5: About South Africa playing boring type of rugby. So I'm, I'm... well, I don't believe that. Okay, Sav,
0: is the back there.
5: Sav. Andrew Saval? Are, are we clear with that? Or just I just want to make can, sure I'm can, not... Can you just expand
6: on that? Because, yeah, what, what do you think of this style? What's <laughs> this
5: Well, they're playing brilliant rugby. So, but, again, that's another conversation right now. So, I'm a, like I said, it's, um, without being rude, I'm thinking about Argentina. So...
0: Yeah, well played from Ian Foster there. I think the last thing he needs is to get fired up Springbok fans coming at him for any stray statements there. Next up to the podium was all-black halfback Aaron Smith who was asked if any lessons he could draw from that 2019 semi-final that they can use in the build-up this week ahead of the game against Argentina. Yeah,
1: I think in in the sense of um, just remembering um, the pain of it probably as as a big driver, especially for a few of us boys that were there, um, that feeling, and probably helped us reset after, you know, what was quite an emotional and everything on the line week last week. And I think that's been the big lesson for us, is um, taking the positives, um, acknowledging the step we took and how much that cost, uh, body, physically, emotionally, mentally, and then rebuilding and finding that edge for what is another huge game for us and an opportunity for us to push forward in this comp, which is our ultimate dream.
0: Yeah so good to hear Aaron Smith there speaking and it's clear to see I think for all fans really of the game that the All Blacks are clearly motivated this year by failures of the past, a theme which we saw in the build up to the Island game and it's carrying over into this one. Aaron Smith was then asked about the two amazing quarter finals that were played last weekend, does he feel like that was the benchmark for world rugby moving forward?
1: Um, Yeah as I said on uh, Saturday night I was the proudest all bloke performance. I'd been a part of um, the build-up, the emotion, and, and the game, the spectacle itself, and it felt like that game went for about two days, and that second half felt like forever. And but it was so much fun and intensity, and just two teams not giving up, and and our boys to really stay in it, um, really control that last ten minutes was the most proud point and then to defend 37 phases, stay on side, not give away a penalty, not give them another opportunity. And um, for one of our senior players to nail the last moment was pretty special. And, um, then you look at the other quarter final, what a game as well. So um, that's the beauty of this World Cup. It's been a spectacle the whole way. The French public, the French stadiums, the weather, uh, as a player, you can't um, you appreciate so much about what's gone into this tournament and to be still a part of it is just such a blessing. And as players, it's your opportunity to make sure you prepare and give it absolutely everything each day to, when you get a chance to play. And we're lucky enough to have another opportunity this weekend. And we want to be better than we were last week. And finally,
0: Aaron Smith was asked around that mental ability to back up again this week and it was something Stephen Bates mentioned before as being the hardest aspect for this weekend so here's how Aaron Smith answered that question of just how big it is as for both the team and him personally to be able to back up and get ready to go again this week.
1: Yeah, I think um, you've just got to look it in the face and go yep, that's, that's we took that step but Um, I'm an emotional person, Uh, I I use things to fuel me, and um, I remember being in the same position four years ago, and we didn't get it right that night, and this opportunity, that messaging (laughs) this week around taking the learnings, but I think personally for me, um, going into this game, I want to really start better, my execution was off for a good chunk of that game, And I cost our team dearly with um, a yellow card and my first two passes found no one. So personally, I'm just trying to make sure um, I can execute my role for the team. And I think in the second half, I was able to do that. Just do my job, um, trust my instincts and um, play. So using those energy and the lessons of four years ago and just trying to make sure on Friday night Um, I'm in a position to execute my role as best as I can. So some great insight there from the All Blacks camp. The team certainly
0: sounds dialled in with no signs of complacency creeping in. So bring on Sunday morning. Should be a great game. Time now for a break. When we come back, we'll have the schedule for this weekend's games that you can catch all live here on SENZ. That's right, welcome back to Rugby World Cup today. Brought to you by Kubota, Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. And time now to have a look at this weekend's schedule of course of games you can catch all live here on SENZ. The two big semi-finals with the first one going down, 8am kickoff, Argentina versus New Zealand will be build up here from 7am for that game. Then on Sunday she's pretty much rinse and repeat, England versus South Africa, an 8am kickoff for that one and a 7am build up there. Will we see any up? upsets or will the two Southern Hemisphere sides that are heavily fancied advance on through to the final? Both should be great games. A quick look at the text line, we've had one come through here, Surly would still love to see Roygaard in but in Fozzie we trust. Yeah I echo those statements, I think it's clear though that now we're going to see Finlay Christie for the rest of the tournament. Like you said though, in Fozzie we trust. He certainly earned that after that performance for the weekend so I'm happy to back him in. He clearly knows more than me as well so we'll play that. Right that's us for Rugby World Cup today for your Thursday night cheers for tuning in and texting in as well I'll catch you back here the same time same place tomorrow fresh off the English and South Africa team namings as we continue to build towards a massive weekend of Rugby World Cup footy here on SENZ go out